Hello and welcome to Unlocking Your Coaching and Leadership Potential. This podcast is for people who are passionate about helping themselves and others fulfill their potential and who want to know how NLP, coaching and the neuroscience of your multiple brains can support you in living life to the fullest. If you want to know more about training in NLP, becoming an NLP or highest potential coach, then links to my socials and mailing list are in the show notes. So in this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you some of the five steps that I had written about in Authority Magazine about improving and optimizing your mental wellness. So all of us have mental wellness and it's all on a spectrum. And some of us who are really mentally healthy can still improve our mental wellness. And this is what I was talking about in this article. So the first step to improve and optimize your mental wellness is all about reframing. And reframing is changing the way that you perceive an event and therefore you change the meaning. And the thing is, when you change the meaning of something, then you change your responses and you change the way that you feel about it. So therefore, your behavior will also change. So for example, you might be someone who has perceived your mistake at work as being a failure, Uh, you know, feeling bad about it and giving yourself a hard time about something that you've done wrong at work. So the meaning then that you put to being a failure could be, you know, I always mess up, it always goes wrong, I don't deserve to have this job and others are better than me and I'm never going to get that promotion that I want to get and I'm never going to succeed. So a reframe on this sort of situation could be that there isn't failure, there's only feedback and that making um, a mistake actually is an opportunity to learn and grow. It's an opportunity to understand yourself better and also it can be an opportunity to enhance your strengths and your skills. And you know, we often feel stuck in life because of the way that we interpret a situation rather than the actual facts of the situation. We respond to the reality that we make up inside of our own minds, not actually what is happening outside of us. So, you know, maybe there has been a disagreement that has occurred with somebody. Perhaps you've felt rejected and ignored by them, or maybe somebody hasn't responded to a text or a phone call. So you then end up going down the rabbit hole of making up a fantasy story about it and, you know, why aren't they responding to me? And what have I done wrong? and is it my fault and did I say something I shouldn't have said Um, making you feel even more rejected and hurt or making you feel that it's your fault and actually there could be a really simple explanation for why the person um, hasn't responded you know maybe their phone was low on battery maybe they didn't want to answer it because they didn't want to look rude if they got cut off um, because their phone was low in battery And, you know, the thing is, we put meaning to things and we make sense of things. And like I say, we create our internal reality of the world when it's not necessarily the truth of what is actually happening outside of us. And I love that quote by Viktor Frankl um, that says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in the space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So it can be really helpful to give yourself time um, in that space to observe your own thoughts, to observe your feelings 
and to decide consciously rather than reactively how you want to perceive and respond to a situation. And you know, this really is a wonderful gift of emotional freedom that you give yourself and you also give to others. Because when we reframe things, when we change the meaning of something, we allow ourselves to be free of the emotional baggage that might be weighing us down. We allow ourselves to not take things personally and we give ourselves permission to, you know, let things go and put things down that might be dragging us down. So number, that was number one. So number two is gratitude. So in positive uh, psychology research, we know that gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. And gratitude helps us to experience more positive emotions. It helps us to enhance those good experiences. It also helps us to find possibilities and opportunities in challenges in, in our difficult times. And it also shows a significant improvement in health and well-being. And um, people who show gratitude have more flourishing relationships. And the research from the HeartMath Institute informs us that reconnecting with our heart feelings throughout the day, so heartfelt emotions like gratitude and kindness, compassion, appreciation, patience, all of these heartfelt emotions help us to stay in flow with our inner peace. They help us to stay in flow with that calm um, feeling so that we can handle life's challenges more effectively and efficiently and calmly. So my invitation to you is to, throughout the day, give yourself permission to consciously pause and check in with your mind and your body, check in with yourself so that you notice how you are feeling, you notice where your thoughts are at and notice your body. You know, so many of us um, go through life disconnected from our body. So my invitation is for you to land in your body and reconnect your mind and body together, noticing where there's tension in your body and, you know, what the sensations and feelings are like in your body. And then you can place your hand on your heart and imagine those heartfelt emotions of feeling good, um, of appreciating yourself and just really thinking about what sort of attitude you would like to have towards yourself. And then as you breathe deeply, imagine that you're breathing this feeling into the whole of your being. And as you do that for a few moments, you can anchor in that feeling so that you feel fully appreciative of yourself and of your life and just notice how you feel after this practice. And the thing is with gratitude, it's being really consciously aware of um, being gratuitous and um, giving yourself that permission and that time through the day to pause and bring gratitude and heartfelt emotions into your life. Your mind and body will absolutely benefit from it and so will your health and well-being. So number three, connections with others. So there's that story of the lessons from geese, which I find a beautiful story. And it's all about, you know, benefit. It's all about connecting um, and the benefits of working, working together. So when the geese fly in a formation, they flap their wings, which creates an uplift for the birds that follow. I just love this story. And flying in a V formation gives the flock a 70% greater flying range than if they fly alone. And when the front goose 
gets tired, it rotates back into the formation and another goose takes over that position. And the geese flying in the formation honk, so let's all honk like geese, to encourage the ones um, to keep going and keep up their speed. So, you know, let's put it into human context. When we connect with others and when we work together in harmony, like the geese are doing, the geese work together in harmony so that they can lift each other, so that they can honk each other to encourage each other to keep going. And when we when we as human beings work in harmony together, we can co-create an energetic field that is coherent and magnetic and we can lift each other up and we can bring each other into this coherence. So again, there is evidence from the HeartMath Institute that shows that this electromagnetic field of the heart can be detected several feet away. It's so powerful and um, our electromagnetic field of the heart can affect the nervous systems of other people around us. You know, how amazing is that? So what this means for group coherence is that when we are working together, when we are connecting with people, we can increase our social connection so that we can achieve our objectives more harmoniously. And, you know, when we work with others, we thrive. We thrive in a group. We are social creatures. As human beings, we love being with other human beings. We want to socially connect with people. So individuals thrive when they are in a group, and we can maintain positive social relationships. We can increase our trust for ourselves and others, increase empathy, and increase meaningful relationships. And from a wellness perspective, from a you know health and well-being perspective, it's been demonstrated that connection um, reduces our anxiety and can lower um, depression as well. So it's so important that we connect with others. And then number four is all about setting boundaries. And, you know, I get that in a busy world, we've got lots of demands on us and on our time and our energy, and we can fall into the trap of not taking care of our boundaries. So how many of you work late into the night? How many of you answer your emails when you get home because you haven't had chance to do it in the day? Um, you know, how many of you find yourself unable to say no to people, even though you are already deeply exhausted and um, you know you don't really want to say yes but you don't want to feel bad you don't want to be judged you don't want to let people down you don't want people to feel think bad of you so you end up saying yes when you don't really want to and many of us don't speak our truth we don't express ourselves fully again because we don't want to be judged and we don't want people to think bad of us and we don't want to upset people so we end up holding in sort of our emotions and um, often we will internalize them and that can lead to, um, you know, low mood and depression and stress and anxiety and resentment. And we can end up feeling disempowered, like we've not got choice in how we live our lives. So my invitation to you is to really start to set some positive boundaries for yourself, whether that be from a work 
perspective, whether it be from, you know, social boundaries as well. I know so many people um, who have, you know, come for coaching who actually want to say no to some of the social events that they go to, um, but they don't say no because then they don't want to, they don't want to let people down or they don't want to be, see, see, be seen as the one who is being boring or when actually they want to say no to those occasions. Um, so my invitation to you is to really consider how do you want to spend your time how do you want to feel? What do you want to prioritize in your life so that your health and well-being is optimized? And how are you going to take care of your own needs as well as attending to your daily activities and you know maybe the things that you have to do for the people that you care for in your life? And consciously designing your life every day can really help you to choose what is right for you and, and others in your life. And um, you can decide how you want to navigate your life so that you are mentally healthy and physically, physically well as well. So finally, um, curiosity rather than judgment. So practicing curiosity rather than judging yourself, in my opinion, is totally liberating. Because for many of us, our default pattern can be to judge ourselves very harshly when things go wrong or when we've made a mistake. And actually learning to be curious about yourself gives yourself permission to create more self-awareness and get to know yourself better. You know, how many of us just kind of go through life in a hurry and 100 miles an hour and not stopping for breath, not coming up for air and um, don't really know ourselves. We don't know really what makes us tick. We don't know what our passions are. We don't know what brings us joy. We kind of lose ourselves in this busyness of life. So my invitation to you is to forgive yourself what you didn't know previously and really allow yourself to access a state of curiosity about yourself, not judgment. And through curiosity, you can begin to explore the reasons why maybe you're behaving in certain ways and you can make adjustments and changes um, for the future. So if there are things that you are doing in your life that you're unhappy with, if you have um, done things that maybe you're not proud of and you want to change things in your life, then you can. There is no better day to start than today, changing the things that you want to change and becoming the person that you want to become in your life. Um, and you know, when we get curious about ourselves rather than judging ourselves for all the mistakes and all the things we've done, we can actually begin to understand ourselves at a deeper level and realize, you know, that you're not your behavior. You are so much more than your behavior. And all our behavior is is attempting to satisfy a need within us. So often, you know, when we are sabotaging or perhaps when we are, um, you know, bleeding our hurt on others or perhaps when we are having a go at others because we are stressed or overwhelmed or whatever, our behavior is attempting to satisfy a need. And sometimes those maybe unwise choices that we make with our behavior are an invitation to us to, to go inside and say, you know, what do I really need here? What is really important to me? What is my mind and body crying out for? What does it want? Um, you know, many of us have unwanted habits and behaviors that we want to change. So self-awareness 
curiosity and self-acceptance are absolutely fundamental in um, supporting good health and well-being and helping you to make changes in your life. So I would love to know how you get on with these. So number one, the power of reframing. Number two, gratitude. Number three, connection with others. Number four, setting boundaries. And number five, curiosity rather than judgment. I will post the link for this article in the show notes. Also, I'll post the link for you to come and join my Facebook group because I would love to know how you get on with um, some of these things that I'm sharing with you. So for now, have a great day and I'll see you really soon.